All right, we are going to get started. My name is Ron Brooks. I want to welcome everybody to the uh, 2018 ACB Town Candidates Town Hall meeting. This is, this is sponsored by the ACB Board of Publications. We are uh, being ably assisted to broadcast this to uh, everybody who's not standing or sitting here in the Union Station Hotel in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, we are being ably assisted by ACB Radio and uh, Larry Turnbull to get this out to the rest of you. Welcome, ACB Radio. <laughs> Welcome those of you who are participating via Zoom uh, meeting. So that's a new thing. We started that this year. Very cool. And again, that is really courtesy of Larry and, and really his advocacy to make that another option. So lots of options. This room, just for those of you who are not here and for those of you who are and don't see it, we are in a moderately sized meeting room. We are at least half full. There's good attendance. We have a row of chairs facing the audience filled with candidates. And they have no tables in front of them, no protective barriers, no secret <laughs> service. No, nothing. We've checked them for weapons. Hey, I'm from Phoenix. You know, we, we actually care about these things. So, um, and just uh, by way of this, yeah, that's right. By way of this, we sent him home. Uh, by way of description, uh, I'm Ron Brooks. I'm standing here. I'm wearing a, uh, a blue blazer, a white shirt, a red and blue tie. I'm very patriotic this evening. Uh, because this is America's birthday, and what a better way to celebrate a birthday than to have a good old-fashioned throwdown with some candidates. This is what makes America great, putting people up in front of an audience and letting the audience throw darts. So, so let me just tell you how this is going to work. This, this is, we had a very formal, uh, appropriate, polite, courteous uh, candidates forum a week ago, two weeks ago. And it was very nice. Everybody was very courteous and respectful and listened to each other finish. We're still going to keep the courtesy. We're not going to devolve into the nastiness that has become politics in America. But we are not going to have prepared questions. You are. This is a chance for you all in the audience, whether you are on ACB radio or here in this room, to ask your questions. So nobody knows what your questions are except you. So here's how we're going to do it. Um, I'm going to invite our candidates. We have, um, and, and I'll kind of go through who we have here in a second. I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves. They'll have a minute or two to introduce themselves, kind of share who they are, why they're running for the office they're running for, why you should vote for them, uh, chance to make empty campaign promises, uh, offer you bribes, you know, all the things that politicians love to do. They get to do that. Then we're going to open it up, and y'all get to ask the questions. To ask a question here in the room, uh, we will just call on you. So you just make noise, and we'll call on you. If you're out on ACB radio, uh, you can send an email to Larry, um, who's going to pick those up at larry at acbradio.org. If you are on Zoom meeting, um, participating by phone, you can use the, I'm going to say it is the star nine to raise your hand. And if you are on uh, the Zoom, on the, on the uh, mobile app or the, or the 
uh, web version, you can use the Alt-Y to raise your hand. And uh, Larry will put you in queue, and he'll call on you um, when the time comes. And we're going to make sure we kind of give opportunities for those of you not in the room to ask your questions. When you ask a question, all we ask is that you say who you are and where you're from so that we know you're a real person um, and that it's a real question. And then you can ask either our board candidates or our board of publications candidates uh, or, in some cases, a specific candidate. That's fine. And then they can answer. Um, I would really like not to sit here and keep time and cut people off but I would invite our candidates to be brief so that we can get through lots of questions in the time that we have. Um, and if you do start getting too you know, um, esoteric and verbose, then we might cut you off. But I don't want to do that. I want to have a conversation. Now, my um, cohort on the Board of Publications is uh, Susan Glass. Susan is another appointed member of the board, so we actually were gifted our positions. We didn't have to run for them, so we get to just be kind of above all this her role is cleanup. So if a candidate doesn't really answer a question or if they leave something on the table, she's got carte blanche. Dude, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Under your chair. She's got carte blanche to pick it up and be the intrepid reporter that we know she is. And she gets to ask follow-ups. So you better be on your... Because you don't really want to get a follow-up from Susan. Yeah, don't. So that's kind of how we're going to roll. We're going to go as far as we can go in the time that we have, and if we need to stay later, I guess we really can. Um, but you know, we're going to do as much as we can. So we have um, we have three. I'm sorry, five board of director positions. Four of the candidates who have um, either been de- who have declared uh, now they're all nominees are here in the room. Uh, our fifth nominee is not in the room, and I'll get to that in a second. We have three Board of Publications candidates. They're all here. And uh, so I'm going to just say who's here, and then I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Running for the Board of Directors. And here in the room, we have Jeff Tom, Patrick Sheehan, Katie Frederick, and we have Mike Talley. And Mike Talley is everybody I mentioned except for Mike is, is a current board member running for re-election. Mike Talley is a new candidate uh, he's been nominated. He is running as a new candidate. Our Board of Publications candidates, we have Paul Edwards, Deb Cook-Lewis. They are candidates who are running for re-election. And we have Penny Reeder, who has been nominated, and she is running for a new position on the board. So I'm going to shut up now, and I'm going to hand this off to the next person in line. And just pass it down. Introduce yourselves, where you just uh, share a few things about yourself, and then we'll jump right in. So, first person. First person. There you go. Hello, I'm Paul Edwards, and I am running for a position on the Board of Publications. I have served for the last two years on the Board of Publications. I live in Miami, Florida. Uh, I'm wearing a pink shirt. <laughs> and... Um, and I, I look forward to the opportunity of answering lots of questions from you guys later on. Um, I, I think this is, this is going to be fun, and I'm looking forward to it. Thank you, Paul. Hi, my name is Penny Reader. 
I've been around ACB for a long time, but I haven't served on any boards so far, uh, although I am president of GDY, so I'm all about dogs. Uh, but I'm also all about good writing, and I love to write, so um, I think I'll be a good fit. And um, I'm looking forward to your questions as well, and I'm going to pass the microphone on to Patrick. Hi, my name is Pat Sheehan. Uh, I'm seeking uh, a position on the board of directors. I've been on the board for four years. I'm from Silver Spring, Maryland. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, eagerly awaiting your questions. I think this should be uh, fun. I think ACB is in a good position moving forward to get a, a lot of things accomplished, and hopefully the questions will revolve, revolve around that. Thanks. And here's Katie. Good evening. My name is Katie Frederick. I am from the Columbus, Ohio area, and I am seeking a second term on the ACB Board of Directors. It's been wonderful and a great learning experience serving on the board for the past four years, and I hope that tomorrow, as a result of the elections, I will have the honor to serve again for the next four years and continue to work, do, continue doing the great work that ACB is working on and moving forward. And I look forward to the conversation tonight. Deb is next. I'm Deb Cook-Lewis. I'm from Washington State. I am uh, also newly elected second vice president of Guide Dog Users Incorporated. So I guess like Penny, I'm all about dogs. <laughs> but I'm also all about the Board of Publications. And I'm running for my second term on the Board of Publications. And I have um, very, very much enjoyed um, working on the BOP. And I think we have exciting times current and ahead in the BOP. And I hope to continue to serve in that capacity. And here's Jeff. Thank you. I am uh, dressed down this time, but my T-shirt says, get Braille. So, you know, there you go. I'm Jeff Tom. I am running for another term on the board of directors. And I think the major issue that I hope we talk about tonight, and obviously not just tonight, but throughout the next several years, is the financial sustainability and just the viability in all ways of our affiliates. Thank you, and I'll pass down to Mike Talley. Good evening, everyone. Michael Talley from Birmingham, Alabama. I am. Uh, I definitely believe in being a servant leader. I'm passionate about serving. I have been very involved in my state. Uh, in ACB, I have served as first vice president for the last four years, and... I uh, am seeking the presidency uh, this coming September. Uh, as far as other organizations with the School for the Blind Alumni Association, I served for vice president for two years and then for president for uh, two years and, ex and excited to be able to do that during our 100th year anniversary. Um, also, I've served as the chairman of the elected committee of blind vendors uh, in Alabama since 2013, and I was the vice chairman from 2008 to 2013. So I... Um, I'm just passionate about serving in leadership roles and helping, and I hope to be able to serve you guys for the long time in the future. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. So we are about to get started. It's, it is now going to be time for you all to ask questions of your candidates. And I think what I'd like to do is we're going to start in the room, and uh, that'll give you folks out there on ACB radio uh, time if you want to email a question to Larry 
uh, Turnbull at Larry at acbradio.org. Or if you are on Zoom meeting to raise your hand so you can be recognized and we'll alternate. So, and if we don't alternate, I mean, if we have a, no questions in the room, we'll take an extra on, the, on uh, the radio or Zoom. If we have no questions out there, then we'll take an extra here. So we'll just go with that. Um, so again, if you could state your name, where you're from, ask your question and be clear as to who your question is for. We will go ahead and get started. I, I could use, actually, somebody to be a mic runner, I think. I got you got it? Yep. All right, we got it. Sharon Lovering, as if she hasn't done enough. <laughs> she publishes the newsletter, Solid the newspaper here every day. Now she's going to run mics. So uh, thank you very much. All right, so first question. Hi, my name is Warren Cushman, and I'm from California. And I want to say that Jeff did steal my thunder. I was just about to ask the question that he elucidated, which was essentially, to, to the board of directors, how um, does the board see our affiliates, our, the relationship between our affiliates and the board, and how would the board advise, our, especially our state affiliates, that's one, one of the things I'm most concerned about, about financial stability and membership development. Those are the two areas that I'm concerned about is financial sustainability and membership development. Thank you. All right. So we'll open that to board candidates. And again, if you could keep your answers brief, but uh, cover what you'd like. Uh, why don't we, uh, I'm going to just let you guys kind of decide who wants to go first and we'll just see how we do. Well, I could probably, as I'm sure my colleagues could talk about these questions for a long time because there aren't simple answers. There's many answers, but there's not simple answers. Membership development, for example, there are things we can do to help um, the affiliates. One of the things which we hope to roll out soon is a pilot project which will um, focus on a specific uh, demographic of our population and we'll give training to affiliate leaders to work on getting membership in that demographic. And if it works, if we give them the right tools and it starts to work, we can broaden it to other bigger demographics like seniors and others where we really can, you know, hit the mother load if we can appeal to them. Um, financial sustainability, that's just a very tough um, uh, tough nut to crack. But we do need to, uh, we're going to need to have a uh, coordinator at the affiliate level, I think, to um, enable states to meet their legal obligations, which are becoming greater and greater as time goes on, as well as public, public uh, as well as special interest affiliates. Um, we're going to have to I think provide tangible benefits like um, the type of discounts we get at conventions. We need to get them uh, all year round for our members. Um, store chain type uh, benefits. There's an awful lot of things we can do. Um, and I think that to the degree that we can get uh, increases in membership, we can also begin the road toward financial sustainability. So they kind of go hand in hand, but we have a long way to go. And the discussion really, part of the problem is 
we've affiliates have had these discussions the leadership the board we've had a lot of discussions but we haven't had enough discussions between the affiliates and the leadership of the organization so that we can nurture one another with good ideas that we can um, implement over time so I wish I had all the answers I don't but I want to keep the dialogue going and implement as much as we can who wants it next Mike wants it is that okay all right so I think that networking is uh, crucial I think that um, while we have liaisons from the board right now to to, to affiliate presidents and uh, executive officers, I think that we definitely need to be supporting uh, local affiliates, whether with information on what are what's working in other states and in the other areas, as far as membership and fundraising. And I believe that uh, fundraising is a a very difficult but necessary thing. And so, if we have fundraisers that are working in some states, uh, we need to be able to share that information with other states. But really and truly, it just comes back to mentoring and supporting our local affiliate uh, executive officers encouraging them, uh, just having a lot of dialogue and um, support there. So my idea is that uh, while we're strong, we've just constantly got to work together, network, and uh, continue to grow. Start to pass it down to... Thank you. I think that um, some good points good points have been made. I think something else that that we as as board members can can encourage is to you know we're we're doing a lot with ACB nationally to work to develop relationships with corporations around the country. And I think the more that we can share that relationship and share those developments down to the affiliate level will will benefit you know, everyone with within ACB and help us all you know help with with some of the um, sustainability and and possibly even membership development as well i think in terms of of membership development as jeff jeff said the board is the membership um, strategic plan action group is working on on some resources to help with that but i think there is still a lot more that that you know we need to do in our you know in our communities as well and and taking this back to our our local level and continuing the you know continuing to try to reach out at our local level to recruit members as well is is a key goal that we need to work on thank you Kenny so i get the bad cleanup and i think what you've heard are a lot of good ideas uh and I think it's important, one of the ideas that has come out has been a membership coordinator. We used to have that in ACP, and that was a person who did a lot of follow-up work with the affiliates. And I think that is a position and that is a recommendation coming out of the strategic plan, which I think is the next position that needs to be filled. Uh, we've, got, uh, we've got assistance for, um, for uh, Tony as far as advocacy, and I think, I think that membership is the next key position that needs to come in at the national level. Um, so I think that's important. The liaison role that has been discussed, uh, the board members each have five affiliates that they liaison to, and to a degree we, um, liaise, we liaison with the affiliates based on their needs. We can be as involved as the presidents of those 
uh, affiliates want us to be involved Good. and we can assist you know where we can I think one large thing that that and, and I think we've all touched on it a little bit is that ACB in a, is in a much better financial position now as you heard this morning from David Trott than we've been in the past and so we can we can step forward and we can start to implement some of these recommendations for the affiliates going forward uh, I'm a liaison for North Dakota and so in Maryland, we stole one of their ideas, uh, something called Let's Chat from uh, North Dakota. And so they just have a telephone conversation, uh, which is on a topic. Uh, their members just dial in, and everyone gets a chance to, to just talk. It goes on for maybe an hour, hour and a half. And we started implementing that within Maryland because we need to be able to reach out to some of those members that can't come to the meetings but it gives us a good, um, a, a, a good uh, availability to talk about who we are, what we're doing, and help them feel like they're still involved and, uh, and, and are part of the overall organization. So virtual membership is something that we want to, may want to look into, and I think that's important going forward. All right, thank you. We're going to uh, roll out to ACB Radio and or uh, Zoom meeting. First, I did uh, was neglectful. We do have a fifth board candidate, uh, James Crott from Florida. He is not here this evening. So you're hearing from the four candidates who are here, uh, but there is a fifth. He is nominated and uh, unable to be here. So let's roll out to ACB Radio. Larry, do we have anybody in queue either on the phone or on Zoom? I've got an email here we'll start right, with. We'll do that. Uh, this is from Don Horn, and he is... Hang on. Okay, Don Horn is a rehab counselor, and he's concerned that ACBs become less representative of the blind community as a whole. If ACB uh, is going to offer programs that impact the entire blindness community, how are the members, they need to be made aware of what we're offering and who comprises that community, how is this going to be addressed? Well, that sounds like a board of publication, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a good. Uh, not sure who wants to take that. At, we're going to say that question is open for whoever uh, would like to take it on. Okay. Yeah, he didn't specify to right. who it goes let's, to. Let's let our board members have a minute if you want to comment. Let's start with the board of publications, and uh, I'm going to call on the first one of you, and then you guys can take it from there. <laughs> let's start with our newest candidate, Penny. Thank you, Ron. And hi, Don. Uh, Don and I are Facebook friends, and I know that he is a fabulous rehab counselor because he's always writing about how concerned he is about his, his um, I guess we don't call them students, his um, clients. Now we're calling them clients. Uh, when I was a rehab teacher, we, they, we used to call them consumers. Um, anyway, uh, Don, you have made a great point. You know, you have students in every segment of the population. You have poor, poor clients. You have more wealthy consumers. You have students, lots of students. Um, but you also have, I hope you have, lots of older blind people as well. And then there's all the people in the middle. And all of those people look for information in different places. I think the e-forum, which is online, is a great place for those people to find us as long as we can get the word out that there is an e-forum. 
So what I'm hoping we can do is our next issue is going to be an education issue. Um, I'm hoping we can share that issue with all the rehab teachers, really make a big point of pushing it to AER and to the other um, O&M community um, so that those people will know who we are and learn what we think and learn what we stand for and then share that with their students as well. So uh, we also have the Braille Forum, which is going to appeal to people who are longtime members. But that inform- the information in the forum is terrific. But I think we need to talk about more about what we do in ACB for our members because that will help us recruit members as well. Then we have Facebook, and that's going to appeal to the younger generation and some of the old people like me too. Um, and we need to really make our Facebook presence dynamic and exciting so that people will want to come to us and see what we're doing. And then there's Twitter. I love Twitter. I'm an addict. Um, and we're doing a great job on Twitter. But um, if we could have more tweeters and more things to talk about, I think that would be a good thing as well. Um, and then, of course, we have ACB Radio, which is going to reach the worldwide community. And ACB Radio is just a wonderful, wonderful resource that we have to share. But the more programming we can provide, um, the better off we're going to be. My local NPR station is teaching people how to do podcasts on whatever topic they would like to do. I think it'd be fabulous if ACB Radio wanted to do that too. So we have all kinds of resources and all kinds of options, and those are just my preliminary thoughts. And Don, thank you so much for your question. I wish I could connect it to some kind of Broadway musical, because you'd like that too. Here you go, Paul. So there's different ways of, of defining community, and one of the things about the blindness community is it's pretty broad and it's pretty diverse and it's pretty different. I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's inaccurate to say that ACB remains uh, a, a, a relatively pale community. We haven't done a good job of, um, of seeking African-American members. I don't think we've done a good job either of looking at the largest growing population of blind people. I, uh, well, maybe the second largest, but I'm thinking about folks who have other disabilities than blindness. Uh, because I don't think we're encouraging those folks as much as we could or should. I think we have the SASE committee, which has done a good job of encouraging um, some folks who have hearing impairments and who need interpreters. But I'm not sure um, that we as the Board of Publications, for instance, um, know how we ought to communicate with a population whose vocabulary may be lower than the average bears. And I'm not sure that we know um, exactly how to develop programs that, that may entice folks who are um, the younger generation who are tending to be born with multiple disabilities. And then there's the elephant in the room. The largest population of blind people are seniors. And the truth is, and the truth is that uh, our materials don't as often as they perhaps should speak to the specific needs of older blind folks. And the truth is they are by far um, the least considered, even though we have an affiliate that deals with them, but they're also the least written about in the Braille Forum. So I think your question, Mr. Don Horn, friend of mine, 
is a very good one and a very relevant one um, and, and one that we on the Board of Publications and frankly on the Board as well ought to be taking a pretty hard look at. Good call. Yes, if you could just introduce yourselves as you speak. This is Deb Cook-Lewis. And um, everything that has been said is, is true. I think that there are, are two really major issues in this area. The first one is about how we communicate, and, and that certainly has been uh, talked about somewhat. And, and I am really pleased with the advances that ACB has made in terms of kind of multifaceted communication, as has been described. And that doesn't mean that we don't need to do more work in those areas, because we absolutely do. We need to continue to refine and continue to expand. We also need to help our members learn how to use the methodologies, because sometimes um, our members have been able to do one thing. Maybe they've been able to read print or read large print, but then as their vision changes or their needs change, they're not able to do that. And so what are we going to assist them to learn to do or to identify that will also continue to help them get the information that they need? And fortunately, some technology has met us in the middle, like the echo devices and some things like that. But I still think there's more we can do. And some of that may have to happen um, at the affiliate level when it can. I know my affiliate does a technology forum once a, week, uh, once a month, rather, where we just answer people's questions about technology, whatever those questions are. And that has moved a lot of people along in, in their technology adventures. And I think that that's been a safe and good thing. And maybe we need to do more things like that. The other part issue on this, though, is then so we learn about what's out there, but then how do we actually participate in it and use in it and use it? And we do know that uh, a, a vast number of our members and associates are not able to come to conventions for hosts of reasons and um, you know that don't even need to be elaborated on because we all know what they are. And I think as we think about making our convention um, look different over time and maybe be more multifaceted or, or presented in different ways, what parts of our convention need to be happening here and what parts maybe don't need to be happening here. And I'm very appreciative of ACB radio and podcasts and other resources that people are using to participate in the convention in general and this very forum in particular which I think is great, but how do we engage all of our membership in our convention, whether they're able to physically be here or not? And that's something that we need to sort of um, work through. And, and finally, I think we need to really use the resource of, of some of our special affiliates to help people um, interface with the organization better, and that would vary depending on the various special affiliates. But I've stated often, whether it's, whether it serves me well in being in an election place or not, I don't know, but I believe the future strength of this organization is largely going to be in its special affiliates, and I believe that's how we're going to reach a lot of populations that we may not be easily able to reach through the standard sort of state affiliate where the commonality is geography. So I think those are things that may affect our future. So I'm going to invite uh, board members, yeah. candidates, if you would like to take 30 seconds and add your comments because oh, this wow. question is pretty general. 30 <laughs> okay. seconds. Yeah. Um, 
There's so many things we could do. We could get on things like developmental disability councils, rehabilitation councils to deal with other people with disabilities. We have some states, a few, that have um, good African-American numbers. We need to find out what, how those states did it and what we can do in other states to replicate that. And we also need to do some research about how to publicize. Maybe we can publicize through you know, some of the Spanish-speaking television networks. I don't know. I'll stop. Anybody else? All right, this is Pat Sheehan. Thank you for that reminder, Paul. Um, I think that one of the special interest affiliates that I am actually liaison for uh, VIVA, Visually Impaired Veterans of America, my day job is Department of Veterans Affairs, and working with blinded veterans, making their lives easier, is a group that is uh, part of what I do at, at, uh, at work part of what I do at VA, I mean, part of what I do at ACB and part of what I do at VA. That part is very important to me, making sure that they get the rehab they need. One of the things that, that uh, has just happened with that group is that with the IRA technology, uh, they have a special rate where they can get IRA for $29 a month for 400 minutes. Pretty cool. I'd like to see if we could replicate that for everybody and make sure the technology like that that can be used to help level the playing field could be used for ACB members, for seniors, for just the rank and file that are out there because things like that's a game changer. Changing the technology is going to take maybe a little bit. Of, um, changing the price plan, how we get there, is going to take a little bit of time. But I think it's worth doing, and I think we should uh, something... ACB should be pursuing. Anybody else? Katie, if you oh, want to. Oh, Katie, I'm sorry, Katie. But Paul has such good answers. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, this is Katie Frederick. So I think my response to this um, is, you know, a lot of a lot of my colleagues here have have made great points, and so I think. I think we just need to we need to you know constantly be looking at the programs and services that we offer and seeing you know what are we doing that's working well and what are we what what could we change to help improve our organization I think one of the things that you know we're doing this year for the first time is offering continuing education credits to convention attendees and I think that has been a a good step in a positive direction, something that ACB has never done. And I think those who have put that that together have learned and will continue to improve that, that program and that process going forward. So I think looking at what we're doing and seeing, you know, taking a good hard look at how we can improve um, for the future and use, use technology that is accessible, such as Zoom, um, and other other avenues to to make our, our programs and services more accessible to our audiences. One second, Mike. Did you want to add anything? I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. It's coming. It's Thirty coming. seconds. It's on its way. 
Okay. Michael Talley. Um, so I do think that it is very important that we encourage people to not only be members but active members, but also do everything that we can to promote ACB. Unfortunately, I believe there's a lot of people that have either never heard of ACB or don't know the benefits. I've heard within the last year I invited someone to an ACB meeting, and then and he literally said, he said, why? Why would I want to pay for, you know, $10 for membership? And I just thought that was really sad. We should do everything that we can to make people not you have to pull them into it but that they they say man i see what's going on over there i want to be a part of that so we had a lady in the back of the room kind of two uh, speakers right okay oh two people okay well we're going in order so Thank you. Hi, this is Art Stevenson from Oregon. I'm the second vice president in that state. And I'm going to really throw something out there that I'm really interested in how you candidates think about it. Um, The ACB says we're the blind and visually impaired, which divides us in the two categories of the partial sighted and the individuals who are totals. Now, do you think that's the right thing to do? Because I have, I have retinitis pigmentosa and I was a partial and now I'm a total. And I see the fact that individuals who are total are discriminated against more than people that are partially sighted. How would you resolve that issue and make sure that people who are totally blind um, get employment and you know get the equal shake uh, that uh, I believe uh, partials are looked at quite differently than the totals? So we're going to do this. This is going to go to the board candidates. And let's do about a minute each. I want to make sure we get as many questions as we can. So let's go first. Pat. Hi, this is Pat Sheehan. Um, And I would respectfully disagree with your assessment. However, having been sighted when I was 35 and lost a lot of my vision, uh, for a long time I was low vision and using low vision devices, and then also um, being pretty much totally blind now. Um, I think what you do is you look at, and I'm in the IT world, so I'll answer it from an IT perspective. There are standards out there that allow you, whether you're totally blind or whether you are low vision, to be able to be effective in doing the jobs you need to do. Uh, The standards that, that get implemented within my office within the, or in, even within the federal government, talk about access to websites, to forms, to material, to information, audio description. All of those areas are part of those standards. Those standards need to be implemented. There are also those standards, the IT standards of WCAG 2.0, are also standards that the commercial side has been implementing since 2008. So, I'm thinking that the, the chance for 
employment is there. It's something I believe that ACB needs to work on over the next, and would be an area I would want to be involved in over the next four years, so that we get the recognition for employment like we have for audio description and in a few other areas. But I think it's important. It's something we need to work on. It's a matter of training. It's a matter of following standards. It's a matter of enforcement. It's a matter of working with companies like Cisco, Microsoft, Google, to make sure that they make information and, and their products accessible to people, and then talking to us and see, seeing how you can get involved. So I don't see the divide. I just see there are different solutions for the different populations. The other thing that has been brought to the Board of Directors over the last uh, year or so is that the needs of the low vision community sometimes haven't been addressed as much by ACB, and I think that's going to be a focus over the next four years. Thank you. This is Katie, so to my, my response would be that I think, I don't know that there is a, a divide per se, and I think that discrimination exists whether you're blind or have low vision. I've, I've experienced it and seen it for both groups of, of individuals. I'm totally blind myself. I think that ACB, um, we certainly can do more outreach to people who have low vision and, and need to make sure that we meet their needs as much as possible. And I think that in the areas of employment, this is something that all of us, whether we're on the board of ACB or not, um, need to continue to advocate for at all levels in our, in our communities and, and across the country. So I am actually going to agree with Art in one narrow area. Um, and Art, that's your area. Uh, in the Randolph Shepherd program, it's actually been my experience that totally blind vendors do get discriminated against more than those with a little bit of vision. But in general, I wholeheartedly agree with what has been stated so far. Uh, for example, in the employment area, Oftentimes, a well-qualified, totally blind person can move right into a job if they get the right computer uh, with relative ease, if it, if it all works out right. Whereas someone who has recently lost their vision or whose vision is deteriorating, whether the discrimination is intentional or not, the solutions can be very much harder to find, and the ultimate result may be even more serious discrimination against them than it would be against a totally blind person. So I think it's really a case-by-case -case basis. And although I understand where you're coming from, because the, the Randolph Shepherd programs frequently don't do right by their totally blind vendors, in, in, by, in my experience, and I'm interested to see what Mike says about it, because he even knows more than I, um, I think in general there's plenty of discrimination to go around and we need to, we need to be uh, vigilant for, to help everyone. Absolutely. Michael Talley here. I just believe that we've got to, as ACB, we've got to continue to level the playing field. I know that even in Alabama, we have some real concerns about deaf services uh, leaning and, and giving more um, 
benefits to deaf uh, consumers than blind consumers. So that that's just something that whether you're blind or visually impaired or total, uh, that we've got to continue to work to level at the playing field. And yes, there are pockets of discrimination, and whether it's intentional or not, it doesn't matter. It's We've got to work really hard to level the playing field. All right. Thank you. Larry, we have any questions out in uh, ACB Radio or Zoom? Yeah, we have another email question. Okay. This is from Christopher Wright in New York. And he's very pleased that we are putting a lot of audio onto podcast feeds. And he wants to know how we can promote them, which I can answer partially in saying that we're already doing it on the ACB radio lists and the ACB list, as well as uh, some of the social media. But I'll let uh, you guys add on to that. This is a this is a board of publications question. Yes, it is. And uh, Larry, thanks. You just helped our candidates out. They appreciate that. And (laughs) I thought Larry was running for office. Uh, So we're going to turn it over. Let's uh, yeah, let's have someone else start. Um, Uh, Well, I'm just thinking about the question for the first time. This is Penny. Um, I'll tell you what. I really love telling Alexa to play. uh, the GDY podcast on TuneIn Radio, and I think that's a great way to promote it. Um, I don't know if we need to reach out to some of the other internet radio providers like iHeartRadio, or maybe we're already there, I don't know. But um, I think we just need to get the word out. We need to get the word out wherever we can, and to our local affiliates, because if we explain in a chapter meeting how to tell Alexa to play something, most of those people will go home and try it. So um, I'll still be thinking about it, but that's my initial response. Anybody else? Yeah. 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 This is Deb Kuklos. Yes, I think those are important things, and I, I do think that training is, is really an important thing. We tell people where something is and how to do it. I also think that we... Um, need to really work at um, making sure that we have an array of resources for people to take out to affiliates that we um, provide on our... uh, We always provide a lot of this information on our leadership list, but I know that some affiliates are better about sending it out to the members than others are. And so, um, you know, I think that's one of the areas where I'm hoping the board liaisons with the the, uh, affiliates will really, really be encouraging and pushing because we put out a lot of information. And I don't think that information does always get to people, but it's difficult to get everything to everyone if people who have the information don't pass it on. So I think we have to be really clear with our um, responsibilities about um, those things as much as we can. My dog is changing position here. Um, And um, so um, basically, I think that that's really one of the most important things we can do. And again, to really create opportunities for people to learn to, to use the technologies that are available um, and do demonstrations of them and you know go out to chapters or affiliates, take opportunities at state conventions. Um, we need to prepare materials on how all those things are done. And I know here there was a great um, session on using the ACB link, but um, those materials need to be 
um, also available all the time and easy to find for people. I think our new website is going to help with a lot of that because so much material is easier to find. But we, we do still face challenges for sure. Um, but I think it's just up to everyone to share everything they know about with everyone who can use it. One of the things that the, the e-forum has given us a chance to do is to um, communicate some different ways. I, I started a series of articles that I'll go back to um, maybe in, in, in the Braille forum, I guess, because um, the e-forum is becoming theme, but it was called the, the, the Things I Notice Now, and it was a series of articles on essentially what my experience was with some of the new technologies and talked about XM radio, talked about... Um, talked about a range of other things and I think what we what we need to do is a lot more of that kind of thing we need training that gets to uh, the, the 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 non-techie and I would I would sort of consider myself kind of in that category but I did I did like two or three sections on internet radio that I hope would provide enough that would persuade people that they thought there was enough cool stuff out there that a little bit of effort was worth it and the truth is it's getting easier and easier now to do technology in a wider and wider range of ways, we just need to be sure that we enable um, the capacity of our members to get to those things. Thank you very much. All right, let's bring it back in the room. Next, next question. Charlie, you're up next, then you, Lisa, then Colette. Good evening, folks. It's Charlie Crawford. And... I've been listening to this, and I think to myself, I remember the good old days. We talked about everything, and we were going to do everything. Well, we only got a few things done. But the things we did get done were noticed. ACB was known for descriptive video. ACB was known for audible pedestrian signals. ACB was known for access to technology. ACB was known for getting involved with the voting process. In short, when people mentioned ACB, there was a vision that came into the person's mind. And I think, as much as I believe a lot of the topics that are being discussed tonight are valid, I think the point is that we need to translate those into some material objective goal that says by this time, at the end of this board, there's going to be this and that available to blind folks in this and that place. And we're going to push the hell out of it. And once it works, we're going to advertise the hell out of it because that's who we are. I believe we do that. We're going to win. Okay. All right. I, I didn't hear a question there, so thank you. Um, who was? Yeah. Who was next? Can I respond? Hi. Uh, response? Okay. Oh, can I respond? Sure. So, Charlie, an excellent point. And I think that one of the things that uh, what we can do at the board of director level is to define areas that we need to work in and work towards those and putting together, as Dan Spoon would say, milestones and objectives and, as he said today, SMART goals. So it's important. And, and three areas that I would like to see us work in, as I said earlier, was employment. Uh, we have an employment issues task force, which has not been as active as it should be, I think, in the last uh, two or three years. 
I think that's an area. The other area is in technology. We saw or heard talked about today how these phones with Cisco now are made accessible. Uh, being able to talk about that, pursue things like that, I think is important. Looking at things like IRA, which I know that you just received today, uh, looking at that technology and, and seeing if we can make that technology available or make it free like video relay service, federal relay service. If the deaf can get that service paid for free, why can't we get IRA paid for everybody? Uh, the third area that I would like to see us work in at the grassroots level is uh, in the area of transportation, uh, autonomous vehicles. We need, as an organization, you see the leadership working in those areas. Eric is, and Tony doing fabulous work in that area. But we need to get the, the we need to get the grassroots involved, and that means that the 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 um, the leadership needs to direct the uh, the grassroots to get that started. Uh, years ago, and what you reference is the same type of leadership we had under Paul Edwards. It was Paul that defined a vision for us and told us to go out and get APS put in throughout the country and get involved in audio description and the voting systems, and we did that. So we have the work. We need to make sure that the vision is articulated and the marching orders given to us to go forward. I think we have that ability. ACB is in great shape to get that done. Giddy up. Let's get going. Anybody else? Okay. Any others? Okay. Next question. Let's, uh, Larry, do we have any questions out on uh, ACB radio? Yep, got another email. Okay. This one's from Pam Coffey, and she wants to know with uh, those that are that are uh, that don't use technology, and especially those who are older, how do we get more information out with the concern of the Braille Forum coming out every other month uh, versus you know with the e forum, the Braille Forum and the e forum alternating? Uh, she wants to know how the forum can be delivered to those who don't have the technology. Board of Publications question. Yep. This is Deb Cook. And um, um, that's a great question because we do, uh, one of the things that has really fascinated us in the Board of Publications is the number of people who use the telephone to get our information from ACB. And so we've talked a lot here this evening about the podcasts and, and whether you use an Echo device and whether you get it online and whether you get it by email and whether you get it by Braille or large print. And those things are all available. But also much of our information is available by telephone too. And um, we, don't fully con- we don't fully control that service at all. So sometimes there's some uh, glitches with it um, because it's not our technology. It's technology that we're accessing. But it is there, and it does work a great deal of the time. And so the the e-forum and the Braille forum, um, those kinds of things are available in that way. And the Braille forum and e-forum are now available on the cartridges and the NLS cartridges. And almost everyone, even the very low-tech folks, um, actually have the NLS players, uh, for the most part, and, um, and certainly have the opportunity to have access to those. And so the e-forum is included on the cartridge with the ACB Braille Forum, and therefore the fact that it comes out every other month doesn't really um, impact it in a negative way because people still have it. So the only people who do not have 
maybe direct access to that would be someone who only could access print or only could access Braille and, and can access absolutely no um, audio or other electronic form. So there would be a few people for sure. Um, but I think the fact that we have used the telephone um, and the fact that so many people, even pretty low-tech people, my father, who is 87 and doesn't know much about technology, knows how to tell his Google Home to play various podcasts. And um, so I think, that, I think that the lack of technology is a changing definition. Jeff wants to. If I can. Um, I, I know that as a board candidate, I'm only supposed to say things that the board of directors need to do and talk about all the things we're doing wrong. But it is really a two-way street. And sometimes when things go out on the leadership list, they stay on the leadership list and they don't go anywhere. It's not just the board of directors and the leaders who need to get information down to the grassroots although we need to do a better job of doing that, it's also state leaders, state presidents, local presidents. When you read something, you too have an obligation to get those, that information out to your folks because you know, you're, we all are in this boat together and we're going to sink or swim together. So I guess that's my little two cents worth. So in some sense, I just want to say what they said. Um, I agree with all that. Um, I really think we have um, a great opportunity with the Alexas and the Google Homes. And I think um, I, there are others that are coming down the pike. Um, you know, the rehab, um, lots of the state rehab agencies are giving those to their older blind adults. And um, the VA, it gives them to almost every older veteran that I've I work as a contractor with the VA, and all the people in their 80s, and they, they have it, and they love it. They get the, the jokes every day and tell me them. And, um, so I think that's a really good opportunity, and I don't want to forget about the radio reading services either. Um, and I'm also wondering why, if we can distribute the Braille Forum and the eForum on the cartridges... Why can't we um, make them more universally available through the NLS? I know that we have subscribers who aren't members, so I don't understand why we can't do that, and I think it's something we should pursue. Here you go, Paul. Benny makes a good point, by the way, about making it available through NLS, and we've we've actually talked about that, and I'm not sure where it's gone at the moment, Um, but we probably need to talk some more. That really the last thing that I want to add is that uh, the truth is there is this huge range of technologies that are out there that are now easy to use and, and, and that really uh, a huge number of people can be taught to use. Uh, what we need to do is, as an organization, and this is more than just the Board of Publications, this is a board issue, I think we need, we need to, to develop and implement a comprehensive training program that would start from affiliates up and that we should utilize that as one of the membership benefits that folks get. I don't think it would cost us a lot of money to do it. 
But what I think it would do is it would enable our members and create a capacity for those members to be effective. And by the way, this was Paul Edwards. <laughs> I hope it still is. <laughs> in, the, in the pink shirt. <laughs> yeah, yes. All right. Is there somebody else who we're good. Okay. Go All right. Let's uh, let's see. That was an out. That was out. So let's come back into the room, and I think we have a cue. So Sharon. Okay. Um, what uh, many uh, blind folks um, also have psychiatric disabilities, and that's not really something that we talk about here. And for many of um, of us who do have uh, both blindness and a psychiatric disability. Um, the psychiatric disability can be more difficult than the blindness or the combination of the two can um, create quite a few challenges. You don't hear ACB talk about psychiatric disability much. What do you think that we could do as an organization to outreach to blind people who have psychiatric disabilities? That's a great question. Okay, this will go to the board candidates. No, I'm Okay, thank you, Colette, here's something I think that we should do. It's, can you hear me? Is encourage those of you who are in that situation to write for us. Tell us what you need. Write for the Braille Forum. Call in to ACB Radio. Um, get in touch with your local ACB chapter and tell them what you need. I know in GDY we have members like who have dual disabilities as well. And I also know that usually, well, often anyway, a person that has more than one disability, the second disability is a lot harder than just the blindness. I have uh, a respiratory disability, and it's a lot harder for me not to catch my breath than it's ever been not to be able to see. So I know exactly where you're coming from. And I also think the other thing we all need to do is have patience with one another. Um, Not one of us is perfect. Not one of us has a perfect day every day, and we all need to be kinder to one another. That's what I would say. Well, I think between you and Jeff, I don't know. Um, This is Katie. So I think um, I believe that was um, Lisa who asked the question. Yes, okay, so this is Katie, and my response would be I think you make an excellent point. I think that... We in ACB need to look at organizations who work with people with psychiatric disabilities and network with those organizations because I know from from my experience, frankly, I'm not, you know, I don't have an answer for the best way to help someone with a psychiatric disability. I'd love to learn ways that I could help and ways that we can reach out as an organization, but I'm not a person who could advise. So I think we need to find experts in the field who, who can advise us as, as board members and, and we can start building, you know, doing some networking and building some relationship with, with those organizations to, to be more inclusive as an organization. So thank you for your question. It's a great one. Jeff? So this is Jeff Tom. I'm not going to forget to give my name this time. Um, a, a couple things. A lot of it has to be done, I think, at the local level. You know, I would encourage people who have psychiatric disabilities in our community to join the National Association of Mental um, NAMI. I can't remember the last, <laughs> or, or other similar entities that have local chapters. But also, from a national um, perspective, we should be um, 
contacting these national organizations, providing them with literature, providing them with information, and it does exist. There is research on blindness and psychiatric disabilities, and it's something we, um, and I am part of the we, have been woefully uh, inadequate in terms of addressing it. But we can do more to educate uh, folks nationally and locally to the specific needs that our population has that have that kind of a dual disability diagnosis. Thank you. I don't know if this is going to be a good answer or not, but, but I will say that your question is an excellent question, and I appreciate it. This is an area that I am not qualified as a board member with my disability to answer with any kind of intelligent background um, behind me. Um, I know that my twin, growing up, my twin had additional disabilities, um, not psychiatric disabilities, but other disabilities. And dealing with those was, you know, over time I learned how to be effective. I think if I were going to start to deal with um, an additional disability, I would first, as has been indicated here, talk to the person, find out what their needs are, what they want, what they need, and, and then I think that I would, if... If I were going to turn to any group within ACB, I would turn to the Rehab Issues Task Force, talk to some of the people in the, within that group who have probably a lot more experience than I do, who are certified in the area of rehab and have gone through formal training. But I think those are the two areas how I would start. But I certainly would want to make sure that my voice wasn't the, the only one that was heard and that I did adequate research because it's all about solutions, solutions to the individual, yourself or others, and I want to make sure that it gets done correctly. Thank you. All right. Okay, we are ready for the next. So we will go back out. Anybody on ACB radio or, or Zoom? Okay, just before I, there is another question via email, and we do have participants on Zoom, I do see them. Uh, just to remind those uh, on Zoom that might have come in late, uh, if you have a question, if you're using the web client, you can click on the raise hand button. If you are using Zoom through the phone, you can dial star nine to raise your hand, and when that happens, I'll see you, and... Uh, I will unmute you when the time comes, and I'll take each one in order. Now on to the question through email. This is from Mike Malver, and he wants to know, he says the bylaws allow for at-large members, and he wants to know about how we go about promoting that. All right. I'm going to invite this to the board candidates, so we'll open that up. All right, thank you. This is Katie. So I think you make an excellent point, Michael Malver, 
Thank you for the question. I think one of the things that we are trying to do with the new website is make sure that we, you know, put that that members can you know join at join at large and have have that you know form be available online um, for people. I think we need to do more in this area to make sure that people who do not have access to the internet, of course, can access that information. But I think that is a goal of the the new website launch to be able, you know, to have a place where members at large can, you know, can go to to sign up. And I think that the membership committee um, is working through through some ways to to make sure that you know our large members are not um, left out, so to speak, when it comes to activities. And and we we do need to work. Um, to promote that more, I think in our in our publications, but also as we are going out and talking to people as well, because maybe some people, for whatever reason, don't have a local chapter or um, aren't you know maybe they don't they just would like to join at large versus versus through a state or special interest affiliate. So I do agree that we need to do more um, promotion and outreach in this area. So I'm going to, uh, I think Katie did a, a good job of addressing your question, but I think there's another question that needs to be asked before we go totally down the road of promoting members at large. And we haven't had the discussion thoroughly with the affiliates in terms of how do we promote members at large, if we can, in a way that will be helpful to and not detrimental for the affiliates? And until we get there, um, we have to be a little careful on what we do in terms of promoting members at large. Um, obviously, if, if a state is going to be losing its affiliate, then maybe membership at large may be all we can do. But this is a... But if we're going to make a, a strong effort at members at large, uh, we need to do it in a way that's going to ultimately help our affiliates at, at this point in time, or we're working, or we are working against ourselves. Okay, uh, Michael Tyler, just really quick. I think that membership is uh, very important, and we want to get as many people involved as possible, but I agree with Jeff uh, wholeheartedly that we cannot uh, hurt our local affiliates or special interest groups. So while it's important for people to know that that is an option, we just don't want to do anything to hurt our local affiliates. And I'll make this brief. Um, it's very nice to sit down with people at ACB and talk about and listen to them about what's going on. I sat beside George Holliday this morning, and he is in charge of the uh, membership part of the strategic plan. And he says that this at-large membership area is an area that, AC, that, the, um, that those members of the strategic plan are working on. I think what's important, and this sort of wraps around what everyone on the board uh, side here said, is that this is a difficult question. Certainly it is not a question that we want to answer in three to five minutes from, from the candidates. It is a question that is important from the affiliate side. It has um, certain repercussions 
to the to the um, uh, to ACB as a whole, um, and you want to really ask the question why at large as opposed to join through the affiliate. You want we want to try first to make the affiliate um, the affiliate membership uh, attractive enough so that attractive enough so that uh, you want to come to the affiliate. And um, so I think it deserves more study. So we're going to try to squeeze in one final question. We are actually just almost at our time. And you have a commitment from me that we will find a way. Uh, if there's this much interest in asking questions, we'll find a way to find more time so you can ask more questions. For tonight, we have time for one more. I'm going to just ask, if Sharon, if we have anybody here in the room to take the final question. We sure do. All right. So we are going to go ahead and do that. And if uh, the candidates can be quick so we can have time for closing statements. Go ahead. Okay. This is Colette Arvidson. And we're talking a lot about getting new members. I wonder about member retention and what's being done to ensure that new members are welcomed promptly into ACB and that what kind of outreach can be done. I have members who've been enrolled in our chapter for a couple of years and they've never received anything from ACB. Sounds like a board question. I'm going to open it up to anybody who wants to take it, board or right. BOP. So um, this is Katie. I think that we, we do need to do more outreach, and I know that the um, membership c- group is working on some outreach that, that can be used from ACB, and that this is something that... You know, I think I think ACB has has not done as good a job in the past as we could have done in, in welcoming new members into our organization. But I also think um, some of this too starts at the local level. Um, you know, are they involved in the local chapter? Are they asked to participate in activities at the local chapter level that will help engage them in that chapter and and then you know further their their journey into ACB at the state and possibly national level as well. So I do think there is the need for improvement, certainly, and we are hard at work on that at the the national level, and um, I think more work can be done at all levels as well to to encourage um, engagement and retention of members. This is Deb. I, I, I've heard Colette's question from a couple of angles because I'm in a Colette's affiliate. So without doing too much damage on Colette's affiliate, which is mine, um, I, I think one of the things that, this is Deb Lewis, by the way, I think one of the things that, that the challenge is is that it's very, very important for affiliates to get accurate information to ACB. And, and I know we've had a lot of challenges. We have more affiliates now uh, using the, the um, AMMS system to um, enter their members. But there's still a challenge when even though you, member, you enter your members, um, I know I've really struggled in, in our affiliate with making sure that um, the affiliate receives the formats that the members want for materials and then making sure that that moves all the way up the food chain to the national level, because if ACB doesn't have the information that it needs, it can't 
it can't deliver the individualized communications. We've talked a lot here this evening about, about all the things we do with podcasts or whatever that people can find in different ways and that we can help them find. But as far as the things people should receive themselves individually at their email address or their email or their or the mailbox or somewhere um, those things come a lot through the communication upstream and we probably need to do a, a lot more um, training and support with our affiliates around the whole issue of information delivery because I, um, I used to do the membership and I remember how many chapters would send in to me the same list they sent last year with all the same wrong addresses and email addresses and wrong formats they just sent it in again because they got the dues for all those people so how do we really help people at the local level do that and that's really about a lot of mentoring and and really investigating that and and i think it's an ongoing challenge but it starts at the very local level but then it works its way all the way up the food chain through the state and to the national who's next that's next Thank you. Thank you. This is Pat Sheehan. And I'll, I'll say, I think it's a two-part question. And I've heard the question asked from a lot of different people. So why join ACB? Well, ACB has given you a lot, given a lot of the membership a lot. Uh, Hawaii, with guide dog users, came through ACB. Uh, the voting, the accessible voting equipment, Charlie referenced earlier, came through ACB. Accessible pedestrian signals transportation access, a lot of that came through ACB. CVAA, quiet car access, CVAA, audio description, ACB is known for that. So those are lots of long-term projects that were started, developed, nurtured, and, and deployed because ACB believed in those things. The, the flip side of the question is at the local level, at the state level, at the local level, why should I join ACB? Because you'll get those things anyway that I just mentioned, and you'll get much more. But So the membership committee, as I said earlier, part of a strategic plan, is looking at developing um, perks, let's say, for members, new members, retaining members. As you see in other organizations, why join AARP or whatever? you get a list of perks, and that's what they're working on. Some things I think are pretty attractive. I think it is worth uh, talking to the folks that are on the membership, they, uh, the membership uh, part of the strategic plan. They have lots of ideas. Implementing those, getting them done, this is the first time ACB has done that. So I think that short-term-wise, uh, from the local affiliate side, You'll be seeing those in the future. Long term, I think ACB has an awful lot to be proud about, and I think uh, the organization has had the leadership to be able to do that. I think we'll be able to do that in the future, too. Thank you. Anybody else? Okay, so I'll just quickly add a couple of things. First, I want to totally agree with Deb. We, for a whole host of reasons, but one of them being membership. Uh, recruitment and retention, we definitely need more demographic information through our AMMS system. We need, you know, information on things such as age and, and a whole host of other things. Um, we do need to try and get more tangible benefits, as I said at the beginning, from a national level, um, and hopefully we can. But 
It can also be local things, and they don't have to cost a lot of money. If you, you know, write up some, you know, Mother's Day cards for your female members and Father's Day cards for the male ones like we do in our local chapter, which cost next to nothing because you don't have to go out and buy them if, if you don't have the, the, the money to do it. That's the sort of thing that people, they like that. Um, so it can be simple things like that that keep people coming to meetings. And the other thing is, and I think I first heard it from um, WCB, from Cindy, you've got to give people something to do. Everyone. So you have to find out their strengths and weaknesses, and you have to gear what you need done to what they can do. Because the more they're invested in what you're doing locally and at all levels, the more you're going to have a chance to keep them as members. Seconds for me. Yep. Go ahead. Yeah. No. No. Go ahead. I'm. I'm done. So whoever's. Oh, sorry. I couldn't. And Ron, if uh, we have time, there's one more question on Zoom after okay. you finish this one. We will take one more and then we'll wrap it up. I, I think. I think that retention has another side to it, and, and the only reason I'm taking 30 seconds is I at least want to put it on the table. And that, and, and that is that, that we need to be convincing members that we are doing enough to persuade them that it's a good thing to be involved in ACB. I believe that Charlie Crawford earlier this evening listed the range of things that ACB has been, been involved with there are certainly lots of things that we're working on and lots of victories that we're winning, but I'm not sure, A, that there is, a, that there is an issue out there that's catching the interest of folks, and there may be some that would. And second, I'm not sure that we're doing as much to shout from the rooftops just what a good job we're doing. Okay, and for the final question, out to Zoom, Larry. Okay, the question is from Marsha. So I'm going to mute her. And Marsha, there you go. Uh, Hi, Larry and and, uh, all the members of the board. I just want to mention that uh, we in Michigan, uh, from the uh, Michigan uh, uh, MCBVI, are starting a phone chapter here. It's called the Mitten Chapter. And we are looking for, you know, all kinds of members and everything. Uh, And anything that uh, you all can help us out with, it's a phone chapter because most of us are so spread out throughout um, the state of Michigan. Um, Most of us are members at large, as I said. But um, uh, so we're doing it on the phone. Did you have a question? No, not a question, and no, it's a comment, but I mean, anything you guys at all from the national, uh, you know, from from ACB National, if you can do anything to help us out, we'd be sure, uh, would be great. Excellent. Wake up, Pat. Um, This is Katie. So I just want to send a shout out to the folks from the state up north. 
Um, being that I am from Ohio, I'm just saying hi to my Michigan friends. Um, I spoke at the Michigan conference a couple years ago, and I know that this is something they have been working on. And so I think um, I hope to be able to attend the meetings. Um, it doesn't always work. I know you've had a couple of meetings so far to get things going, and I haven't been able to make those. So I am just personally offering my support to, to this initiative, and I wish you good luck. Hi, this is Penny. Um, I'm sorry, I don't remember your name, the questioner on... Um, Marcia. It was Marcia. There really wasn't any question there. Thank you, Marcia. Um, you know what I really want you to do is write about it. If you're on the ACB list, tell other affiliates and tell other members if you want to write a, a little update on the... There's an affiliate updates column in the Braille Forum. Write about it. Tell people what you're doing and tell them how successful you are and tell them what you talk about and encourage other people to do the same thing because I think that's a great idea. Thank you. Are you next? Yes. Thank you. This is Pat Sheehan. We stole that idea from North Dakota, and I think that uh, they've got some cool things going on in North Dakota. You may want, we may want to get in touch with them and see if, how their, their uh, phone chats are going. They've got some great topics, and I think it's going to work nicely in Maryland. We have the same issue to a degree, and uh, the phone is nice and non-threatening. An hour every couple of months, I think, is what we're doing. And uh, it's working nicely. Thank you. Any others? I am going to invite our candidates to take about 30 seconds each, because we are past our 8.30 time, to, if you could just, in 30 seconds. I'm sorry? Well, they're saying that I need to go first. So I'm Paul Edwards, and... And, and, and essentially, me and my so, pink shirt, thank you guys for listening this evening. Um, I think we've discussed a whole range of issues that are important. Uh, I, all of us on the Board of Publications look forward to the opportunity of trying to frame those new issues that we've discussed tonight in ways that will engage our members and in ways that will enhance ACB's opportunity to be successful. Um, if we're elected, I think that's, that's what we'll all do. Um, and we look forward to the opportunity to serve. Thank you. Hi, this is Penny. I want to thank the Board of Publications for making this opportunity available to all of us, and to all of you who spent the last 90 minutes uh, asking questions and listening to our answers. Um, If you elect me, I will do whatever I can to um, promote ACB in all the various media that we have available and um, I'm passionate about that, and I look forward to serving if you, if you decide to elect me, and I thank you for the opportunity. Here you go, Pat. Thank you, Penny. This is Pat Sheehan. I want to say that it has been an honor and a privilege to serve over the last four years, and I'm hoping that I can count on your vote tomorrow to serve another four years. Um, there's an awful lot that can be done uh, within ACB, And I would like to be able to make a difference in this organization because I believe in it, I believe in you, and I think that we have great things forward uh, going forward. Also, congratulations to everybody on the radio, everybody here. Great questions. I enjoyed that this was was a lot of fun. First time we've done it. Nice job. This is Katie. First, thank you to the BOP for sponsoring this event. 
Thank you to Larry for all your hard work and keeping us streaming and all you do for ACB Radio. And thank you to everyone for participating in the in ACB's democratic process here of allowing us to have the conversation that we have tonight. I think as you can see by the questions and answers that we had tonight as well as what we've shared with you through our candidates' pages and through other forums that ACB has done a lot of great work in the past, is continuing to do great work today, and has even more work to do over the next future and four years and future and beyond, and I would love to be a part of that as a member of the Board of Directors. Thank you. This is Deb Cook-Lewis, and I also want to thank all of you for being here and for participating and for everyone who participated in the various state caucuses and other things. It's been really, really a fun candidacy season, I think, and I appreciate the themes and the challenges. I think one of the things for the Board of Publications that is a very great opportunity and a very great challenge is to stay relevant in a time of change and to stay effective in communicating with the wide range of members and member needs that we have. And you've identified some of the issues here tonight and some of the issues have been identified in other settings. I really want to serve you again on the Board of Publications and if given the opportunity to do so, I I want to be um, approachable and available and open to your thoughts and ideas, not just when we have these forums, but all year long. And I really, really thank you for your support in the last couple of years and I hope to have it again. This is Jeff Tom, and I want to echo the thanks to the Board of Publications and to everyone who participated in this uh, whole candidate season. I think, uh, from my perspective, this has been one of the best um, candidate uh, series of caucuses and forums that I've participated in, in terms of the depth of the questions with, with, with which we have been presented. Um, we have a lot of serious maybe dire challenges and obstacles to overcome, but with challenge comes opportunity. And I think together we can make these opportunities into successful overcoming of challenges. And I hope to be able to serve you in that endeavor for the next four years. Thank you very much. Michael Talley here. I just want to say thank you all for joining us tonight. Truly appreciate your interest and your concern. I know that you are passionate about ACB just as we all are. And if I am elected, I'll be humbled to serve. But so I know that ACB is a great organization and I will work tirelessly to make it even better. Thank you. So we are about to wrap it up and you all in the audience have two responsibilities now. Uh, The first responsibility is to take the information that you've heard and think about um, how you plan uh, to, one, cast your vote, uh, and two, uh, be a part of the direction that you think ACB needs to go. Our candidates have provided their answers, uh, and now it's time for you to rate those answers and and then think about where you fit in. The second thing you have to do is, is to think about the candidates themselves. Tomorrow we will hold elections. These are the candidates who have been nominated. Uh, and, um, you know, the fact is, if you didn't hear what you like, you got about 12 hours to find somebody to go run on another ticket. <laughs> so let's have some fun tomorrow. Uh, we are going to um, go forward from here. Thank you for joining us on ACB Radio. Thank you for joining us on Zoom Meeting. Thank you for joining us in the room. 
Enjoy your evening, and let's have some really fun elections tomorrow as we move ACB forward. Thank you, and good night.